Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today, it is my great pleasure to welcome Gary Service to the show. Welcome, Gary. Hey there, Jeremy. Gary is an operating partner at Insight Partners, where he heads the Marketing Center of Excellence. Today, we're going to talk a lot about marketing and account-based in particular, as it pertains not just to marketing, but to sales and beyond. We may get into some topics around environmental sustainability, which is a particular passion topic for Gary. And he, in fact, teaches at Wharton on that topic as well. So we'll probably touch on elements of that. Before we do that, Gary, I'm going to ask you the question I ask all my guests. I'd love to hear you know, maybe something you're reading recently in sales or marketing or social sciences and some of the key takeaways you've gotten from that. I'm a huge Malcolm Gladwell fan. His most recent book is called Talking with Strangers. And the premise of Talking with Strangers, which certainly has a lot of applicability for folks involved in sales, but I think it just has applicability in life, is that every day we talk with strangers and we make decisions about they're good, they're bad, they're lying, they're telling the truth. And these have huge implications in terms of what these folks ultimately accomplish or get away with. And we're complicit because we have all these built-in biases. For example, they talk about judges and sentencing and how they did this study that basically said that the judge compared to a computer simulation where they just put the inputs in there and you didn't look at the person, you just understood the facts. The number of times that the judge got it wrong, meaning that you gave the same set of facts and the judge said guilty or not, and the way that the computer did it, the computer was right more times than not, and in so doing, impacted the kind of sentencing that they got. It's just fascinating. It's fascinating to hear how Bernie Madoff was able to do what he was able to do just because there is this bias toward the truth. People just assume you're telling the truth and it's called default to the truth. So everyone just assumes you must be telling the truth. And there are very few people that automatically go to the, wait a sec, you know, I have some issues here. And there were so many flags in the Bernie Madoff situation and people could have stepped up. And you can imagine, you know, within the selling world, you know, this happens every day that you're talking to people, that you're relying on their promises, that you believe you made a connection. And, you know, we have these built-in biases that that just isn't true. I'd love maybe to start with whatever you can talk about with respect to a recent, very significant investment you made in a company called Sixth Sense. Can you describe a little bit about who they are and what motivated Insight to invest in that company? I think it really begins four years ago when, as part of my work in the Marketing Center of Excellence, we started to like dig into what account-based is and could be. While Insight is a growth stage investor and looking for companies to scale up, it doesn't want to invest too early or where the market really hasn't shaken out. And there was a lot of buzz and continues to be a lot of buzz about account-based marketing. You know, as we started to look in the tech stack, we began to really 
get a feel for all the different kinds of technology around account-based. And there was everything going on between predictive lead scoring, and there was platforms that focused on advertising, and there were platforms that were talking about more of a end-to-end communication stream. And what I always like to say is, it's like, if I said to you, tell me what a CRM does, you could probably figure that out pretty well. And if I asked you, tell me what a marketing automation platform does, you can probably get pretty close. But when people would say, so what does ABM do? You'd get answers all over the place. And I think what has happened is for us that the market started to mature. There has been some consolidation. There has been market maturity. There has been a move toward this concept of what an account-based platform is and not ABM, but we like to call it ABX, which is account-based marketing, account-based sales, account-based customer success across all of those pieces, and really beginning to understand how you start leveraging in intent and the data that is available there. And what we found with Sixth Sense is that they really are the ones who are capturing what account-based can be and should be, and they are iterating and developing it rapidly. And I always also say, you know, if you looked at a piece of software in the account-based space, and not that different from SalesLoft, by the way, you know, three years ago, the software is almost nothing like it was three years ago. It's evolved so much, and they brought in so many additional capabilities. And we think that, you know, after looking at the entire market, that we found the one that's really going to be the one to win and disrupt this whole space. I would presume that you're a fan of Clayton Christensen and the innovator's dilemma concept. You mentioned marketing automation platforms. They would have been the natural companies to have carried the mantle into ABX. You know, why is it that the six senses of the world were able to come about? Let's be clear. They're trying to find their way there today. I think the challenge for them has been and continues to be when you built a model based on a volume and velocity model of customer acquisition. And now you're telling me, well, I really don't want to do that model. I want to do a much more focused model. Your infrastructure is not set up to view it on an account basis. Your infrastructure is built to view it on an individual basis, a lead basis. And the need for organizations to be more efficient here should have driven this initiative, as you said, at the incumbents. But what has happened is, is that they're now trying to catch up on the account-based and with some differing levels of success. But what someone like Sixth Sense has done, they've been purpose-built to drive account success and not just account-based marketing, but account-based selling and upselling and expansion and all of these other pieces, which are super critical in a business. And my feeling is whenever a technology is a marketing technology only, the organization, A, doesn't get the ROI they should out of it. And B, they're not fully leveraging the capabilities within other areas like sales and customer success to drive real results. What are some of the macro trends that you saw that led to this transition from contact-based to account-based? What was it about a contact-based that was not working anymore? 
It's really interesting when you get under the covers of an organization like Sixth Sense and you realize they are 100% account-based. And you're like, how can you be 100% account-based? Don't you have leads coming in? Or They are taking a what I consider to be a radical view of what customer acquisition needs to be today, that people don't want to be filling out forms. People don't want to be getting mindless email. People don't want to answer the phone unless there's a reason to, unless there's a connection, unless you built that up. And, you know, the folks at Topo, which we work with quite a bit around the account-based space, always talk about the ground cover of account-based. And so you may still do all of the ground cover that were tools of volume and velocity. That's retargeting. That is running digital ads, that is running drip campaigns, that is like all of these pieces. But the magic of account-based is instead of it being discrete, tactical marketing or selling actions, you have a orchestrated campaign that is integrated at every level of the buyer's journey and is more personalized and relevant to get people to respond to it. And in so doing you start to be disrupting this idea that says, I don't have time to pay attention to this noise that is coming from all of the other organizations who are marketing to me. Imagine just for a moment, let's pick the cybersecurity space, and you're trying to sell some cybersecurity software to uh, a CISO or a network architect or like you name it. Do you know how many people are trying to speak to them? It is absolutely mind-numbing how many people have a solution for them. Just look at what the RSA show is, and you can understand the noise that is going on around that. And so anything that can personalize, that can give the right kind of connection at the right time, show me that I understand something about you. I'll say one last thing here that I think is really you know important. There's been a change I call it account-based whiplash, where you can't today do an incredible job of knowing who the customer is from a segmenting, targeting, marketing standpoint, and not have your inside selling team and your AEs also showing that same level of knowledge and understanding of the customer. So, Imagine I'm giving you big hugs and know you so well when I'm speaking to you from a marketing standpoint. But as soon as I get you on the phone, we start all over again. So tell me more about your business. Like, can you imagine having that conversation with someone who on the marketing side, getting information that showed how well you understood their market and space and all of that? It's like now this person knows nothing. It doesn't make any sense. If you were to advise salespeople on, you know, making sure that they're not dissatisfying the prospect by forgetting from an organizational context who they are? Like, what can they do? Going back to Sixth Sense for just a minute here, um, I think one of the differentiators, again, for them was they are built on a CDP. So at the core of what they're doing is data. They have their own intent engine to be able to help with that. But on top of that, they'll connect in with Bombora and bring Bombora data in in addition that they're collecting on their own. And so what happens is when you get to this next best action, it is informed 
by a platform that is a data-first strategy. And so I think that how do we know what to do? Part of it is letting the organization get the right kind of signals, communicate those signals at the right time, and ensure that people understand that if you're an inside selling team and you get a next best action notification, that is something that you should jump all over because it's informed, it's data-driven, it's constantly being improved by your inputs and information. And all of that is going to drive more relevant conversations. You mentioned a term, and I just want to clarify for listeners, uh, CDP, which is a customer data platform. Our sales listeners know what a CRM is. They're in it every day. How is a CDP different than a CRM? A CRM is a database, and it's a purpose-driven database with we'll call it a relatively infinite number of fields that you could be filling out into there. It is, as you mentioned, a system of record. I can query it. I can find information. But a CDP, and the original CDPs were developed in the consumer space to help deal with massive amounts of consumer online data. But what is happening in the B2B space is we are capturing that same level of data And it's more than just a database, it's more like a data lake, more like a data repository. And then you need software that is going to be able to mine that data to find the signals in that data and then drive what are the actions or intuition that you're bringing out of it. And I mentioned before this concept that was called predictive lead scoring. It's sort of a idea that has time has gone, but the idea behind predictive lead scoring was to be using data to determine how lead ready they are. You know, a traditional lead scoring model is going to have your firmographic information and then you lay onto it the intent layer and you now are also getting a real understanding of who's in market and all of that data that is percolating through the system is what is residing in the CDP. And that CDP is ultimately powering the insights. There is a gap right now, right? You've got companies who are spending money on, you know, Bombora or G2 Crowd, right, is a good sort of notable intent signal. And yet I feel sales professionals are having a really hard time figuring out how to digest that information and what to do with it. I'll use the term predictive one more time here. The reason why I think predictive had a hard term as a word was it felt so crystal ball-y, like we're going to sit and predict what's going to happen. What was the problem as well is a confidence level and an understanding level. And for a selling professional, they want to be able to have confidence in the signal they're receiving. Because remember, these are just signals to say that someone is in market that there is an intent to buy. And so pick G2 as an example here. I mean, G2 is a great primary intent tool. I'm going to look at the activity against a product in G2 to say, well, it seems like they're interested. They are including me in the comparison set. There seems to be some intent here. There's a reason for me to power my account-based plan. There's a reason to have my inside selling team reach out. And so once people start having confidence and success, that's where it's starting to actually deliver on its capabilities, where organizations, both 
marketing and sales can have better confidence in what they're getting. A lot of people would rather choose something understandable by them, even though it's less accurate, right? That the predictive lead scoring models might actually have been better, but because they didn't trust the crystal ball, they wouldn't adopt the platforms. It always comes down to trust because you don't want to be taking action that is not a high probability of being the right action. Because if you keep doing it wrong enough times, you're likely to miss and say, okay, I'm just going to go with what I know. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go, you know, this model isn't right. And then people start talking and the confidence level of the entire organization starts to decline. And you recognize that for data to be powerful and data to be impactful and analytics and algorithms and data science to be useful, it has to be leverageable. It has to be relied upon. It has to be something that you know is right most of the time. And in the absence of that, it will fail. I see the struggle, by the way. I mean, it extends into the sales world where sales leaders who are forecasting pipeline, their acceptance of kind of AI, ML types of techniques for forecasting is really still very, very much in its infancy. And they would much rather, you know, spend time sort of pouring over, which there's value in for sure, but pouring over, you know, individual deals and asking for opinions and overriding, you know, putting a manager override on a forecast based on their gut instinct, right? So to be seen, I guess, whether or not, you know, some of these AI ML based sales forecasting for opportunities is effective or not. But over time, it, it must become more effective as the data gets better. I always like to talk about the you know, old dog, new tricks thing. It is hard to get folks who are used to doing it a certain way, who are older, who have had success to tell them there's a better way to do it. I will say that if you can get the new dogs to be able to do the new tricks, then you have the capacity for the organization to evolve and adopt newer kinds of technology, newer kinds of approaches, different ways that improve it. And then sometimes the new dogs bring the old dogs along because they start having different kinds of success. And it's like, how did you do that? How did you get there? And that becomes a way that the technology actually begins to have a larger impact on the organization. We talked about some of the macro trends that sort of brought about ABX and you know, brought about the evolution in strategy for companies like Sixth Sense. What are some of the other macro trends that as an investor you're thinking about right now? What are some of the next big waves? For us, you know, number one, which I've already said, is data in every form. There was a, an article I just read this morning in the Harvard Business Review that was talking about the CMO's role in an organization and impact declining and the CIO's role increasing Marketing is so technology-driven. Sales is so technology-driven today that if you don't know how to leverage technology in an impactful way, you know the belief really is, is that the role of the CMO will decline unless the CMO starts becoming also a chief technology officer. So that's definitely one area we're looking at. So you know, clearly around tech, clearly around data, clearly around AI and ML. Another thing that is super interesting to us is it's not just sales, 
And it's not just marketing. It's much more the continuum and things that actually bridge that continuum. You described lead scoring as marketing coming up with a bunch of numbers that you would attribute to different actions and score the lead. And I've always told people that's the surest way to failure because if marketing and sales both don't own the lead scoring model, it's going to be a issue where sales never has confidence and marketing is always being blamed. But if you both own the model and you both are saying these kinds of leads aren't the right kinds of leads, here's why. And then who's ever kind of working through whether it's marketing operations or sales operations or a combination of both, and you're fine tuning that, that's how you get to a good scoring model. If people want to you know, understand a little bit more about what you guys do at Insight Partners or get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? We got a great blog. So you can certainly see what our latest and greatest thinking is. We have a lot of webinars, things of that nature. Sign up for our newsletter a lot of quote unquote free information that is incredibly helpful for any organization that's looking to do much more scale up activities. And I humbly say, you know, no one knows scale up like we do. Once again, I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Laura Hall is our executive producer. Our artwork is by Greg Klingshern. This episode was edited by Peter Lopinto. Subscribe to us on your favorite app to learn more immediately actionable best practices from our awesome guests. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.